Hello, my lovey. You are an amazing, miraculous, gorgeous, complex creature. Welcome back to the show. Whatever you're navigating in the diaspora of poopecularness that is our earth, all right, what this podcast, ZFG Living Podcast, is here for you to do is get real about your mental health struggles, get curious about what gifts they're bringing you, and how to rewrite not just our story, but our actual subconscious programming. So every week, we will explore proven strategies, paradigm-shifting perspectives. We're going to help you get unstuck and start living your most intentional, aligned, joyful life. So if you're ready to get out of overwhelm and into empowerment, if you're ready to stop surviving and start thriving, well, come on, grab your journal. Let's do this. Hello, my lovey. Welcome back to another episode of... Ah. CFG Living Podcast. I know, I know. It's truly a miracle. We are blessed to be here with Carrie Severson, who is a fantastic person, published author, who noticed that there was a gap in the market between like, oh, la-di-da, I have a cabillion people who want to like do my fingernails, as opposed to, I have an excellent message, let's get the mofo out. And she figured out just how exactly to do that. Uh, and welcome, Carrie. Thank you for joining us. Thank you. Beautiful intro. I love it. So tell me more about the book that you've already published because you've got some companion action coming for it. Yes. Yeah. So um, the first book is called Unapologetically Enough. And that uh, was written over the course of a decade. I took a long time to get that jazz together. Um, And the reason it took so long is because I did pitch literary agents. I pitched close to 100 Mm -hmm. and spent a long time dealing with rejection letters and comparison and figuring out how how I was supposed to be something in somebody different to fit the mold of what they wanted all of these agents compared my book to um Eat, Pray, Love, Daring Greatly, Carry On, all these great New York Times bestselling books. And then always said, because I don't have 100,000 followers, I'm passing. It's not saleable. So I spent a long time rewriting, getting in touch with myself, figuring out who I was supposed to be, and then finally landed on what the book is today, which is by far the best thing I've ever written. And I love it so dearly. Unapologetically Enough, Reshaping Success and Self-Love is my book. Uh, on the market right now and it's had this beautiful wild response it is about my burnout recovery I am a recovering burnout and um, I'm highly intuitive and I follow my intuition Um, and I got this nudge to put it out into the world not knowing burnout parasympathetic nervous system it was going to be as big as it is and the conversation Mm -hmm is huge. It's mainstream. It's in corporations. It's in associations. It's in every industry, not just coaching, not just entrepreneur. It's in healthcare. It's in information technology. It's in um, the legal system. It's everywhere. In other countries, they've got the medical system set up to help you care for yourself when you get to that point, um, which (laughs) naturally, well, that's probably not going to happen here in the good old (laughs) US of A, because you just need to work harder. Uh, No, kidding. Please do not misquote me. I do not believe we need to work hard to do anything. 
We get to let it be with ease and joy and fun. And we can gamify just a freaking about anything, like even dieting for real. Um, And you mentioned the parasympathetic, which is just such a gorgeous place for us to pay attention to what's really going on with ourselves. And um, obviously you dealt with burnout and experienced that nightmare. And, you know, and how did you with being intuitive, with being someone who has such a strong presence uh, in that sort of woo world of, you know, not in the, I am a robot, I am getting things done, go, go, go um, yeah. way. So how did you rein yourself in to get your gorgeous book published and to to move it forward? <laughs> That's a good question. <laughs> Typically people ask me how I came out of burnout, but how did I tune in? Okay. So this is the thing. Um, when something scares me, I ignore it, right? Like I have to be, I think everybody, yeah, most people have to get to the point of everything else dries out and then you have to, because you're like fighting the, you're pushing yourself up against a wall, right? A hundred percent. Yes. Nothing else works. And so that's happened to me time and time and time again, hence burnout. Mm-hmm. But, um, yeah, so this time I was wise enough to be like, that nudge I'm getting in the back of my being way back behind all my organs, like in the pit of my stomach. And I'm like, what is this? You know? And I've been mm-hmm. doing a coaching where everyone's like, what's it there for? What's the lesson? Turn towards it. And whenever a coach tells me that, I want to flip them the bird and like tell them to yeah. F off. But mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, I want to give myself the bird when I'm telling clients to do that. Right? What's the <laughs> lesson? I'm like, shut up. I don't know. That's why I'm with you coaching, tell me what yes. to do. But, um, so this time I actually listened and I was like, oh, okay. So I had launched a publishing house. I created a hybrid house because I could not get picked up by a literary agent. And I was like, you know, I've got big followers, not big, you know, it's like 25,000 all, all across all platforms. And if I can't get picked up by that, and I'm a really good writer, strong mm-hmm. storyteller, there's other women who probably can't as well. I will create a hybrid house. I did. And I published a bunch of other books mm-hmm. and everyone was like, Oh, what's your book? What's your book? And I hadn't, it was just sitting in my, you know, in the, it, it was just sitting in a file on my computer. Right. So that gnawing feeling I had that pit, that pit into my stomach was okay. I'm ignoring the fact that there's an actual file. I can see it. Mm-hmm. I named the publishing house, the unapologetic voice house. And yet I'm not doing anything with this beautiful thing I created. So finally, at the end of 2020, I um, I reached out to an editor I really love. She was with St. Martin's Press for a long time. She worked on books I love. And I was like, hey, this is me. This is what I've created. And she was so parallel with everything. And she had just, you know, COVID had just started. Um she was like, yeah, let me slate you. So um, it was simply to get my book onto the market. What I had to do was look at the thing that I was avoiding, mm-hmm. take one baby step forward and then one baby step and one baby step and one baby step. And I did it slowly because I was so scared of it. So it took right. me until May of 2022 to get it on the market. Mm-hmm. So a year and a half. And the whole time I'm in you know, I'm in coaching, I'm in, I'm practicing everything I've learned about parasympathetic. I'm going through all of the releases and the upgrades and dealing with all the stuff that happens when you finally accept the thing that you've been avoiding. 
mm-hmm. um, to prepare and to make room in my life for what it actually is. So it was not easy, um, but I had the tools and the support to do it. And that's what really matters is that if you surround mm-hmm. yourself with the support system when you're moving through something that you know is big. Mm-hmm. And unfamiliar. Yeah, totally. Which, you know, puts us just immediately, lizard brain is just like, shut down. Right. <laughs> you know? But um, I'm such a big believer that I have a really good relationship with source. And I I feel like I've been given these certain assignments in life. Like, um, you know, you're given a divine thing, go out and do it. Mm-hmm. And when you don't, stuff doesn't really fit or align, right? So right. Um, in order to follow through with this thing, I felt I was supposed, I was given, which is this book. Mm-hmm. Um, I needed, I, I didn't want to fail it. I felt like I am the vessel of this message. Right. I have to take care of myself. I have to be the best I can be. Which right. and, and live the message. Exactly. Right. Like, I mean, if I, and I'm very parallel, if I'm going to be all about joy, and how it is always around us. I can't be mumbling and grumbling and griping and being all snipey about, you know, I don't know, I smashed my finger or, or fell down hiking or whatever. I'm, right. I, you know, and it has made me actually personify my message just because I want to align with it because I want to help more people. Do you find yeah. a similar, is that speaking to you as far as your process? Oh, for sure. Um, in order for me to get clear or help somebody in burnout. Um, uh, so I've got all these pockets, right? Like I am speaking about burnout recovery mm-hmm. around the country at big conferences. I am an author and help people create books. I am a hybrider, a hybrid publisher. I am a book marketer. Like I've got all these things because of the journey I've been on. Um, first and foremost is getting good and centered. I practice all of my parasympathetic tools I know before I even start my day, before I leave my bedroom. Those are things I do. Cold shower, breathing, prayer, visualization. I am. Um, (laughs) And when I avoid those things, (laughs) I'm not good to, you know, I fight with my husband. um, I'm mad at, you know, the dishes. I, it's not good. Well, please stop anthropomorphizing your dishes because they really are not out to get you at all. I promise. They're right. they're here to serve you. <laughs> but I understand completely because it's like we'll fly off the handle and focus every bit of ire on some mm-hmm. absolutely neutral, benign something because we don't want to face up to the fact that we didn't do our gratitudes and our breathing and our, our, you know, know. things that put us in alignment and help us have a fantastic day and achieve things that move us towards our highest and best use. And that's just human nature. It's just, you know, it's like with kids, who do they lash out at? The people at home. And what are the people at home here? Oh, so-and-so is just so amazing and attentive and so sweet. And, and you're like, what? No, no. That creature is trying to kill me. <laughs> oh my gosh. That's so funny. And, you know, sometimes I'll get to the point where I'll be like, oh, I got this. I don't need to do this today. Or, you know, it's cold outside. I don't want to take a cold shower. And the cold immersion is the thing that helps me the most. 
And I know oh, that. Tell me more. Do you remember that documentary, um, I'm Not Your Guru? It's from like 2016. It was from Tony Robbins. Yes. So he, um, the one thing I walked away from from that was that he had built this thing in his backyard. And I maybe I'm making this up in my mind, but this is what I took away from is that mm-hmm. like I think it's cold water and I think he would plunge himself in it. And this was back before I had ever heard of it. Mm-hmm. And the thing that he said afterwards was that it helped his clarity. He was able to think better. It gave him energy. And I was like, that's what I need. And this was back in like 2016. My first burnout was in 2013. And um, I think, you know, I, I know I burnt out again during COVID. I think everybody experienced yes. burnout during COVID. I agree. So 2013 is when I first experienced it. And I started piecing together things that I knew made me feel good. Mm-hmm. And by the time 2016 came around, 2017, I had started an online coaching business. Um, I started taking cold showers. I didn't have a, you know, I didn't have a, a big pod or whatever that mm-hmm. is popular now. And um, yeah, so that's how I start my day. It's like in the shower, tap it on, your breath sucks out of your body. I scream, I laugh. <laughs> um, I have to force myself into the water. And, you know, 30 seconds, 60 seconds in, I can sincerely feel a difference mm-hmm. in the energy makeup of who I am. Oh, that's um, gorgeous. Yeah, that's how I start my day. That's really great. And I think that the cold water thing is also... Um, part of the lusciousness of it to take, you know, mm-hmm. the cold shower is that you just did a hard thing electively. There's no one with a clipboard saying, okay, am I checking this box that you took your cold shower? You know what I mean? You're doing this for you. And because you know, it sets you up for success. And so if we start the day by doing a hard thing, I don't know. I, I, like I just that. like, you. it's the ability to lean more into what else you have going on, even if it is something that you don't necessarily enjoy about your business or, you know, we all have chores to do. Like I lost my driver's license. I've got to go to the DMV. I'm fighting that tooth and nail because <laughs> you know? it's, you know, within a year of renewing. So they can't, they won't let me do it by mail. And I'm like, I'll happily pay. I just give me another year before I have to come back to you people. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But yeah. doing the, the cold water at the beginning of the day, I do think physically it resets. For sure. And yeah. it also, it, it shows the, the lizard brain, you know, hey, this is not going to kill me. The right. things I choose to do are not going to kill me. And you can just take the back seat there, lizard, and uh, let me drive the car. Yeah, I love that. Yeah, I practice a number of different things in the morning and throughout the day when I feel the thing, um, the anxiousness or whatever, or the unknown creep in. And I, I don't... Um, I don't take a step back to actually look at it as a separate thing for my body when I absorb it and I let it run me. I now know um, here are things that I know I can do. I can do box breath. I can tap. I can um, get in a cold shower. I can go outside. I can close my eyes. You know, mm-hmm. I have I have so many different tools. And moving into a parasympathetic place helps um, PTSD, trauma survivors, um, burnout. Uh, people in burnout recovery. So when I go across the country and I'm speaking to conferences, I just did one. Um, I've done a number in 2023 in the healthcare community. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's so crazy to be sitting in a room full of hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of 
doctors and nurses. And when I'm like, okay, so who, who here doesn't think they're burnt out? Like there's nobody. (laughs) Um, They know. (laughs) They know. And so we spend the majority of the time. I'm like, okay, so this is what tapping is. And this is what you say. And Mm -hmm. this is what havening is. And um, it's not, but there's so many things you can do. And I, I practice all of them. (laughs) I'm really happy to hear that you're speaking to the medical community because so many people have needlessly suffered because, especially with mental illness, which I've dealt with my entire life because doctors just didn't know. Yeah. You know, we talk about baby self-soothing and thus it ends the conversation about self-soothing or, you know, getting control over those, you know, regulatory processes that our body, um, yeah. you know, has set up for us and, you know, to escape the saber tooth or whatever. Um, yeah. And and how we can redirect that and take and, and handle ourselves, you know, and we can manage our, whether it's anxiety or depression, ADHD, you know, it, that we can step back and see that it is not ourself. It is upon us and influencing how we're seeing and feeling and, and viewing the world. But it's not, that's not who I am. I am not a suicidally depressed, uh, anxious ADHD person, you know, no, yeah. I'm me, I'm Mel. It, and I, I can manage all of that. And uh, I think that with the tools like breath work, with the tools like um, proving to yourself time and time again that you can do difficult things, that we allow ourselves to flourish. And then the next thing you know, oh, it's not that you only had one episode this week. You haven't had an episode in, well, now when was the last one? You know, and it's that those habits, setting yourself up for success every day. I respect you so much for doing that because it's easy to know we need to do it. Sometimes, especially, you know, when that bed's warm, it's kind of hard to, you know, get up and go do all the things. I know. And now, um, you know, moving into the winter, um, it'll get harder. And that'll be a challenge for me is to start that. When it's the summer and I live in Phoenix, it literally is like how I have to like guesstimate how much cold water access I have because the pipes in the ground get so hot. So, oh my gosh. I have to get up earlier in the summertime to get it so that the, you know, but during the winter, it's like, oh my gosh, here we go. Oh, it's going to be cold. (laughs) (laughs) So we were chatting a little before we started uh, the podcast interview and you were telling me that you have a gorgeous workbook coming out. Please tell me more. I'm so excited for it. Yes. So uh, the enoughness method is my guided journal, my guided workbook coming out um, in early 2024. And it is the follow-up to Unapologetically Enough. So it looks at uh, a little bit deeper dive into burnout specifically, into um, parasympathetic tools, techniques, and self-care tools and techniques um, to help individuals in burnout find and reclaim their peace in life, their worth in life, and find it, um, you know, their inner enoughness again. And so I really focus on my own method, which I, I eventually call the enoughness method. Gorgeous. Um, I, I always practice these things in threes. And so I'll do a one minute cold shower. I'll do two minutes of box breath and I'll do three minutes outside. Um, and that's it. I do that on a daily basis in little bite-sized pieces mm-hmm. so that it's easy to access and it's easy to get me back into or start my day with. Um feeling at home in my body 
safe in my body and out of a place of fight or flight, which is what, you know, burnout and so many other, so many other, you know, so many other traumas in our life move Mm -hmm. us into. So the enoughness method is really as simple as one, two, three. That's gorgeous because if it's something that we can say like, okay, five minutes from now, I'll have all of this done. Yep. Okay. I mean, we can, we can deal with a lot for five minutes, you know, the cold shower and box breathing. That's just juicy and lovely. And I mean, I'm a huge proponent of box breathing. Yep. Um, Now when when I go, oh, sorry, go ahead. I was going to ask when you do your box breathing, are you doing nothing else? Can you do it while you're, you know, drying off and getting dressed or like what level of concentration do you need? Um, This morning I did it as I was making coffee, but I was standing there staring at my coffee maker. But um, uh, I find the, I find it most beneficial if I'm just sitting there. Okay. Uh, although, you know, just communicating with the medical community here the other day, a lot of them um, aren't in the space of being able to step back and take two minutes to just sit in the hallway and do that because they're so accessible, right? And right. so I'm like, well, as you're waiting for something um, to print or as you're um, waiting for your next check-in or whatever, even if it's just like three rounds, it what takes 16 seconds to go through one round of box breath. If you can just do do that for less than a minute, actually, you'll help your little fight or flight brainstem mm-hmm. come back down into where it needs to be. Um, so it depends on what I love doing it by myself for two minutes. I do it for like however many rounds that is. I, I mm-hmm. can't remember, like nine, eight or nine. I think it's eight. Um, but if you only if you only have like 60 seconds at a red light do it. Right. Well, and, um, the box breathing, like the method is taught to Navy SEALs so that they can self-regulate no matter what the situation is. Like they're, I don't know what Navy SEALs do exactly, but I assume it's like super ninja, crazy spy stuff with underwater without, uh, (laughs) without air, something we need, you know, but like, and and they can regulate themselves, you know, while they're in situations. So we can certainly do it while we're, like you said, making a coffee. <laughs> yeah. I know there's um when I'm when I was in the back of the enoughness method I give like 10 additional tips that I've used and one of them is 478. It's a breathing technique. Um I love it. Inhale for 4, hold for 7, exhale for 8. When you're exhaling you're blowing through the straw and you're making that whoosh, to try to engage your vagus nerve. And I love that one. I get lightheaded after I do it for like 5 rounds and so I practice that with you know a bunch of doctors. And I'm like, don't do this one at the red light. Do this one <laughs> after you go home. You may be lying in bed. This is a, this is one that I do not want you to do anywhere else, but focus on this one. Um, but other than that, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And I think 478 is really nice for me. It helps me just let the day go completely. Yeah. Because you're totally focused on your physical, like, do I have anything else to exhale? I have another <laughs> second left. Oh, okay. Thank goodness. I can breathe in. <laughs> I find that 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 breathing technique takes me out of my mind altogether because I'm so focused on, you know, with box breath, I'll sometimes be like, wait, what number am I on? Because it's so, it's so rhythmic. Am right. I inhaling? Am I exhaling? Did I just hold? It doesn't feel like, um, but with four, seven, eight, I'm so focused on the number that I'll, mm. I think that's why I get lightheaded is because I'm so focused on it. But um, yeah, there's so many, but my, the enoughness method, I definitely, it's like, there's a breathing technique I wanted that, you know, that's been something I've been practicing since 2013 when I first realized I 
I couldn't get my breath past my boobs. Like it would get stuck above upper, my uh, yeah upper lung. That's not that doesn't really fill you with that juicy oxygen. Yeah. So the a breathing technique was something that I I had to do, and then I figured out all these other things like yawning would bring on a release and help me feel safe and. Um, yeah, so the enoughness method is a, specifically for burnout, um, people looking to recover from burnout and not looking for, you've got to spend hours on your self-care and you have to, you know, I mean, some of that stuff, definitely, if you can carve out time on the weekends, managing your time, figuring out how to do that and piecemeal things, it's incredibly important. Time management mm-hmm. is really important. Um, and there's some tools in there that I've used over the years. Um, but yeah, I'm really excited for it. It sounds very exciting. And I would like to interject that it doesn't have to be hard. And it sounds like you are showing people with the workbook how it can be easy. And it it doesn't have to be something where you're like, I must self-flagellate and relive every trauma I've ever endured and every negative memory. And it's like, no, mm-hmm. go to talk therapy for that. Bon appetit. Enjoy. Highly recommend talk therapy. However, we get to take charge of our mindset and our body and how it works together and create those feedback loops to help us be more productive, see more joy and enjoy living more. Yeah. The um, the really big thing that I find for burnout specifically when I go around and I talk to these communities and I'm in corporations talking to employees is they're so scared to stop because they think, their world's going to implode or they're going to lose their job or, you know, so they're going to lose their support system. Um, It's easier for them. It's almost like they're at this point, just sort of, they're literally surviving. They're Mm -hmm. at a point where they're either addicted to the burnout, which is a weird thing to say, but like the rat race. Oh, you can make endorphins for that. Yeah. The rat race is the most familiar. So we're going to stay here Mm -hmm. or they're so freaked out about the idea of um, having to do something else and learn something else um, that they don't even try. And so, you know, when I speak at these events, I have so many people come up to me afterwards and be like, Oh, do you do one-on-one coaching? Can I, can I come to you? And um, I'm like, yeah, totally. I do consulting. We can talk about it. And then I'll never hear from them again because the concept of taking that next step is too much. So again, it's like, all right, well, you're at your workplace. Um, who's going to notice that you like rub your shoulders down to your elbows and back up and you're taking deep breaths. You're just giving yourself a hug, but this is actually a soothing technique. Who's going to notice that you're like tapping the side of your hand or you're just like bumping your face a couple of places. Right. And Mm -hmm. so um, making it fit into your current day while you're regulating your nervous system is, is what I really wanted to, it's what I've been doing for the last year and a half since unapologetically enough has been out. So I was like, you know what, I should put this out next. I love it. And I love that you take time. I am such a throw the spaghetti at the wall person. You know, like the idea of like, let me craft this and make it better. I was just like, yeah, I I could improve in that arena. That's all I'm saying. So thank you for inspiring me towards that. But at the same time, depending on your personality, dear listener, it could very well be that you may as well throw some freaking spaghetti because you're going to take 17 years to, you know, perfect your cover of your book that's not even written yet and i highly recommend the spaghetti toss over that you know <laughs> yeah take a baby step that's all it is is one baby mm-hmm. step yeah 100%. I, have a tendency, I have a tendency of going down rabbit holes so it's what? like I, 
<laughs> I found this thing that no one else is talking about, but it's here. <laughs> and so I'm going to go do that. <laughs> that's how, like every really big thing in my life has sort of come where it's like, I get this intuitive nudge to move forward. And then, um, um, so, you know, I am a, a trailblazer. I'm a born entrepreneur learning how to manage that mm-hmm. um, in a healthy, manageable, balanced, free, juicy way has always been my thing. Um, so I'm looking forward to seeing what happens with Enoughness Method next year. I am too. I am very excited for it. And I will be watching and checking it out. Thank you, Carrie, for being with us. Uh, your link yeah. is in the show notes. Is there anything you'd like to leave our listener with before we sign off? No, baby steps. Take one baby step. That's it. Baby steps for the win. You heard it from Carrie Saverson right here. My lovey, thank you so much for listening. If this episode struck a chord with you, Just know you do not have to be defined by whatever bullshittery has happened to you and you can experience joy while you work on the heavier stuff. There's a link in the show notes where you can book a call with me and talk about how you can move forward with that because there's so much joy in living and you don't have to have it be heavy all the time. 